0: Welcome back to Lobby Concessionals, the movie podcast where nobody's right and everybody's wrong. I'm Parker, and that's Brendan. Make sure to follow us along, like, and subscribe. This is our, I think, seventh main episode. So, like, we're getting the training wheels off, you know, like... You might be. Yeah, actually, I think I had the training be. wheels off way later in yeah. my <laughs> real life, so... I'm um, adding more wheels off the <laughs> <female>. <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, like I said, follow us along. Enjoy the content. Um, today, I figured we'd start off as, uh, all good wedding speeches do, uh, with a, a definition. Uh, oh my God. N- Are we doing a whole episode on wedding crashers? <laughs> um, like if we're not, we should. Uh, so nostalgia is defined as a sentimental longing for the past or events in the past. Um, Oh man, I looked up how to say this, and now I completely forget. Uh, an anomia, uh, an an anam- I think is what it is. <laughs> um, is a feeling of nostalgia for a time you've never experienced. Oh, so, I got a lot of that going on. Really? <laughs> oh really? yeah. I don't know if I've ever had that personally. Uh, like, I'm not. I'm not a big guy. It's like, man, I really wish I existed in the '60s before you know the civil rights. <laughs> act was signed that would have been really cool that's
1: also really specific it kind of says a lot about you yeah
0: (laughs) it says that i want black people to have rights is that what you're saying um uh yeah so like i i think some of that's kind of interesting but um anyway if it was not already clear uh we are going to be talking about nostalgia today nostalgia in movies uh good bad and otherwise uh i don't know what's otherwise but like you know indifference Sure, sure, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so in general, Brandon, what's been your experience with nostalgia? Are you nostalgic for a particular time, for a particular film,
1: particular anything? Yeah, hit me. To be fair, I'm probably overly nostalgic about everything. I'm a guy that still collects Transformers, GI Joe, and Ninja Turtles uh, on a regular basis. Though those are three things, not everything. But uh, <laughs> but I just mean like I don't I don't uh, I'm also a guy that doesn't like let go of things, you know, like everybody, like we've talked before about how I collect comics mm-hmm. and everybody has a story. It's like, Oh man, I used to collect comics. And then in high school, like I discovered girls and then I stopped collecting <laughs> comics or I went to college and I couldn't do it. And you still haven't discovered girls. No, uh, I, I, <laughs> I gave up the girls for comics, <laughs> uh, but I never gave that stuff up. It's something, you know, I still watch wrestling because I watched wrestling since I've been, I've been watching wrestling since I was five. Wow. You know, like I just, it, I have a hard time letting go of that stuff. So anything that gives me kind of that comfort, mm. so nostalgia is huge. Okay, huge, huge for me. Interesting. Um, uh, do you like it? It
0: shows in your movie watching habits.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I think I have a, you know, we we've talked about a bunch of movies on this show now, uh, and I have a lot of blind spots for them. You know, I, I, you know, I think in one of the early episodes, I was wearing a Clueless shirt, and I, whether or not that movie has aged well or not, that's a movie I'll take on a deserted island with me. Oh, okay, you know, okay. <laughs> so there, I, I definitely have nostalgia for movies, uh, like for certain films as well, and maybe to the point of being a little bit blinded by whether or not they've aged well.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I have, I think, similar feelings about, um uh, certain films that like, I, I literally can't think of any now that you've mentioned this. Um, probably not for that second Spider-Man movie. Uh, like the Raimi one. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, sorry. I mean, I, I can think of things I have nostalgia for. Yeah, yeah. I just mean in terms of having a blind spot for them. And, oh, like, gotcha. In, in, in giving them credit where they shouldn't have credit. Actually, you know what? No, no. Yeah. I already, I yeah, already can. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, liar liar is a movie that I watched a lot as a kid and loved it. Yeah. Um, it's, I think, still a very good movie, yeah. uh, and I think it's very funny, but there's definitely bits in there that haven't aged as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, another one is, I don't even know if people know of this, but The Rundown with The Rock and, and Sean William, William Scott. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of that movie. Literally saw it playing in a bar the other day, uh, and I was stoked. Uh, and I'm like, man, there's no way this is as good as I remember it. Uh, it probably wasn't. But, like, I guarantee I could put up that movie again and still have a
1: great time. Yeah, I mean, we could go another 20 minutes above Avatar if you want. Uh, oh, yeah. We got it, right? <laughs> no. And, uh, I'm not even going to get into Avatar. <laughs> I'm not
0: even going to. Um, so, anyway, I think nostalgia is important. Uh, I, I I, think, you know, I, for me personally, I find those, the the new Star Wars films, the sequels, uh that trilogy is perfectly encapsulates the whole rainbow of nostalgia to me. Um, That first one, Force Awakens, does an incredible job capturing the whimsy and the fun of Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, That store is amazing. Everything about it screams Star Wars. There is, you know, like I was bawling my eyes out in the theater uh, the first time I watched that, probably the first three or four times I watched that um because it was uh exactly what i want star wars to be now unfortunately some of that film and some of that nostalgia and, and feeling is tainted because of um not i guess partially because of what came later okay. uh, because of the the un- unfortunateness of that trilogy yeah. as a whole um but also because i recognize now that that movie Unfortunately, didn't do enough narratively to set up those other films. Like yeah. it is part of the problem, yeah. as opposed to being like I would still probably rank it as my favorite of those three. Sure, um, but it's part of the problem. Um, and then we get to Last Jedi, uh, and and I think that is filmmaking wise the best film of the three. Um, and and I think Last Jedi does an incredible job encapsulating what is star Wars and, and that feeling of star Wars, um, while doing new things. So I, I think that ideally last Jedi is a good encapsulation of what nostalgia should be. Um, they've clearly taken something. It's not just nostalgia points. Yeah. Um, and it still feels like it, but it's a new creation. That's a totally new and different thing than, you know, like force awakens feels like a rehash of new hope. Yeah. um, and then we get to Rise of Skywalker, and this, in my opinion, is bad nostalgia. This is nostalgia gone wrong, where yeah. people have now, for whatever reason, decided that they didn't like Last Jedi, didn't like what they did with the story, and and Rise of Skywalker shoves that all to the side and goes, you guys are right, and <laughs> um, and basically says... Whatever you need as fans, we will give to you yeah. and not give you anything creatively worthwhile yeah um and so that it seems entirely nostalgia fueled and zero percent um creatively inducing or, or or worthwhile so yeah, for me, that's the perfect gradient of it of uh, films
1: that are i mean it's it's hard to argue against any of those points i think I think you did a really good job of of picking out something that is tangible and, and ex- explains everything we, we kind of want to talk about. Sure, totally. Uh, we I probably it. just did lose all of our viewership <laughs> <laughs> with a hot Star Wars take. <laughs> but again, I, I, I do think it's, I, I, and I agree with you pretty much. Uh, I mean, I think the difference is I think I, I, I like Last Jedi better than Force Awakens so, mm-hmm. because I, I think giving me something new while, giving me, while reminding me it's in that universe uh, puts it over the top. Uh, in terms of a fresh feeling. So I, w- yeah. I wanted fresh at that point. Uh, so I think I like Last Jedi better than Force Awakens. And I think that's the only slight disagreement I have with what sure. you said there. Well, and, and I think it, it goes to show again
0: that um, just the power of that nostalgia because Last Jedi does a good job with nostalgia, but does it in a way that gives us something new well, Force Awakens buys into, and I think does a good job with nostalgia, yeah. but it's it's entirely fueled on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so because of the power of nostalgia, I think that movie's forever going to be better, in my opinion, or I'm going to love it more. Yeah. Um, simply because they gave me exactly what I wanted in a way that didn't feel cheap like yeah. it did in Rise of Style. Sure, absolutely. Um, I, you know, and I think when... Um, uh, I, I think that's something similar. You mentioned Spider-Man um, in Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, potential spoilers, I guess. Like I think that it's been all over social media enough that everyone knows. Yeah. But like all three filmed Spider-Men. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, three Spider-Men that have appeared in film yeah, appear you, in No Way Home. Yeah. Um, and and that was incredible. Um, even though I knew it was going to happen. Even though I knew it, you know, that sure. enough had been spoiled about it. Um it was a great moment. And that level, the nostalgia of that, of the of those Raimi films, um stuck with me for sure. Yeah. Uh and, and it, that was a big part of my childhood. So that was a big deal. Um and obviously it sustains that film. And and I think that film has enough going on in there that it it isn't entirely fueled by that, but it's it gives it a huge <laughs> boost, you know? Yeah. Uh so do you have any
1: uh, examples? Any any well, things in your life where I just want to take it back for a hot second. But okay. I wonder if does time away help? You know, if we're talking about Force Awakens being for you at least the 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 a really good use of nostalgia is that is that given way by the idea that it'd been ten years between Star Wars films. Had it only been ten years? Uh, Two thousand five is Revenge, so twenty fifteen. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, ten years. Um, and then. You know, for the the Spider Man, mm-hmm. having you know z- having not seen Toby since 2008. Eight, seven, I think seven, and then, then not, yeah, seven, and then I guess we're four years removed from uh, from Andrew, or is it um, more than that?
0: I think it probably would have been twenty twelve
1: because I think. it was, might have been even been four years since Tom's, Tom's first. Yeah, so yeah, that, you the wires crossed there. But yeah, does time away help your nostalgia?
0: Um. I think it's a crucial part. Uh, I I don't think that's a that's a part of it in the Spider-Man case, okay. um, because I don't think it's enough time. And we had lots of Spider-Man in between, you know. And like, there's lots of Spider-Man content. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, you know, he's in theme parks. He's in multiple animated shows. I think there's literally like seven Something uh, <laughs> that that he's uh, starring in. Yeah. Um, he has probably like Spider-Man as a character, regardless of whether it's Peter or Miles or, but he's got like eight or nine active comic runs at any <laughs> given time. Yeah. But this is a Toby
1: thing specifically, right?
0: Sure. Absolutely. And so I think the big thing for me, what makes that a little bit different is the, um, it's not like I missed Spider-Man. Um, I did miss those two people, um, the, Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield. Um, but I think for me, really, I was I grieve for Andrew Garfield because I felt like he did an amazing job as yeah. the character and then was cut short because of various decisions made by the studio, story decisions in that second film. Um, so that that's brutal. And I think that seeing him being able to close off some of that narrative was really, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that for for Toby as well, even though I felt like the Toby narrative was far more. Uh, concluded like yeah. it wasn't there was a plan for more for a spider-man 4 but um uh but i didn't need it personally uh and i was happy with where that trilogy put him yeah um but it was great to be able to check back in with him and see him yeah. as the same continuing character you know uh, uh i don't think a lot of films have really done that uh in the same way so utilize nostalgia to that same true sure. effect you know yeah um i do think there's a level of Nostalgia is used poorly when it feels like it hasn't been long enough. Um uh that it it's it sort of it, I think again it cheapens the experience. I think yeah. it's easy for nostalgia to cheapen an experience versus yeah. making it better. Sure. Um uh I as I think one of the most gratuitous nostalgia examples is Ready Player One. Um <laughs> so the movie came out in 2018. It is filled with pop culture reference. Like literally that movie doesn't exist unless you have nostalgia for the eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, now the movie does a better job than the book in putting it across multiple decades, right? Like it's not just the eighties. Definitely. There is a focus on that still, but there is lots of characters and Easter eggs and stuff in there. That's from the last decade from two decades ago. Yeah. You know, um, uh, so there, there's a lot to work off of in there. Um, but what I find really interesting about this is that effectively that book ends up kind of being a love letter in some ways to Spielberg. Um, and then Spielberg directs it. And it still comes out. Like there,
1: there's no reason that movie should be as disappointing and underwhelming as it is. It, it, it's gratuitous. Yeah. And uh, to the point where it feels like a giant commercial. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And like I I personally... Have you read the book? Yes. Um,
0: I really enjoyed the book. Yeah. Um, I find... Um, the I've read Ready Player Two, and it was terrible as far as <laughs> I was concerned. Um, it was just cringy and weird. And, yeah, yeah, And it, unfortunately, in hindsight, it brings up some of the cringy, weird stuff that happens in the first one. Um, and like in particular, Wade, the main character's um, interactions and relationships with women. But I thought it was endearing in that first one because it seemed like by the end of the film or end of the movie, uh, end of the book <laughs> even, end of the story, that he was supposed to um, – he was learned a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, maybe I shouldn't treat women this terribly or like <laughs> women are people, you know? Um, and unfortunately, Ready Player Two delves straight back. in, Like he hasn't learned anything. And it's like, oh, okay, so we've we've gone nowhere. Like the arc meant nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, either way i quite enjoyed the original book yeah. uh i thought there was a lot of fun there i thought it was it was worthwhile um but all of the fun and and luster of that just gets leached straight out in the film as far
1: as i'm concerned like i i agree it
0: seems like a giant commercial as opposed to something that should exist for
1: its own yeah. i mean i i didn't like the book as much as you did uh like i i think i i fell up i fell into the hype train just a little too much and it didn't really live up to sure Uh, the The standards of the bar and so i going into it i was already pretty indifferent i didn't i didn't love the book i didn't hate the book oh but i hated that movie yeah i hated that movie and you're a big spielberg guy. i'm a huge spielberg guy if you want to talk nostalgia we can talk nostalgia in terms of spielberg stuff like what's that word the word that you couldn't uh oh
0: boy you're gonna make me (laughs) do it again i'm gonna Uh, make you do
1: it again uh, uh anomia anomia yeah
0: it's it's pronounced differently than it looks. So, <laughs> Or uh, you you said uh,
1: Anemia. It could be Anemia. Okay. Either way, S- uh, Spielberg is my biggest proponent of that. Like, okay. It's, a, it's, it's something I never had was uh, kids on bikes, white picket fences, hanging out with your friends after school and all that stuff when you grew up with a, a, cr- a crew of, of kids. So like that Spielberg – trope uh, you know yeah when you're with the crew of goonies or whatever the like et that. thing the et thing yeah uh super eight which jj you know obviously drew a lot of uh, spielberg stuff from the newest is uh stranger things but, stranger a things, spielberg absolutely. Thing, but very clearly and, is and that's a thing that i i have nostalgia for that i never had mm. so spielberg is the is the tippity top of my nostalgia bait in that sense in what decade is that for that's for the '80s. I mean, that was, it, is. it was an '80s thing. So uh, you were
0: in that decade, but just didn't experience those no, things.
1: No, we, we didn't. You know, we moved around. Like we had moved around when I was younger and stuff like that. So we never settled in a space or anything like that. And my family was untrustworthy of other people. <laughs> so the, uh, friends and hanging out unsupervised was not a weird thing. You know. So when I talked to other people of my age, they were like, "Yeah, man, we just ran around and." did stuff and nobody knew where we were until dinner and then after dinner we just disappeared again i'm like i don't know what that i don't know what that is
0: (laughs) (laughs) like it's kind of like that stephen king thing too he really leans into some of that too you know the kids yeah absolutely so there's there's
1: there's a little bit of that that i uh that i love and i never got to experience so again yeah so spielberg is a big nostalgia thing for me so this movie i don't know that i was excited going into it because it felt like a bit of a it felt like a bit of a paycheck him. yeah i agree and that's fine you want everybody's entitled to make money their own sure, way and stuff totally. like that I, I just get a little disappointed sometimes when it's a creative that i enjoy uh just kind of phoning it in a little bit and i don't want to say that he didn't put work into it oh i'm sure he or did or anything like that i mean they're a yeah, spoiler for a shitty movie but like the end scene with him in the room is the most spielberg part of that movie uh with wade in Collecting the egg. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Right? Like and the, or the attic or with with the room with all the posters and the toys and all that stuff. And oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the most Spielberg part of that movie. And that kind of gets to me. And that, but that that's, it's not enough to wash away the other two and a half hours of that fucking shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of movie to wash away. <laughs> um that's a that's a good point. Um so do you think this is a new thing? Like nostalgia is something that's um Sorry, I'm sort of setting up here because I have an answer to this and now I'm just gonna see if you're wrong you know um like do you feel like it's in it has been increasing or it's something that's been relied upon more recently or
1: uh well, it depends I guess what you mean by more recently like what are we talking about last I, decade last two decades I don't know uh, last two decades i'd I'd say you know i think uh if you want to put a pin on it, I'd say that first transformers movie the first Michael Bay transformers movie is a good start to a lot of the a lot of um Efforts in the movie industry, at the very least. I think you always have TV stuff. You know, you're like every couple of years, there's a new Ninja Turtles TV show. Sure. Every couple of years, there's a Transformers thing. But movie wise, I think the, that movie being successful kind of kicked the door down for a lot of people to try it.
0: Yeah. And my argument would be Transformers does it well, actually. So that movie comes out in 2007. Um, it's 21 years after the. Uh there's two Transformers animated films, and one of them I believe is called The Transformers, or no, Transformers the Animated Movie is what just the called. movie. The movie, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The movie. So the one with Orson Welles. Yeah. Um, so it's 21 years after that. I feel like they've waited. You know, they, yeah. they and there was definitely some some sure. TV in there. You know, we had uh beasties and stuff. Yeah. Um and, and a few different Transformers Beast
1: Wars for people who aren't Canadian.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh but a few different transformers adjacent properties on TV sure but that's truly the the return to yeah. you know Optimus Prime this is the you know and so i feel like that movie does a good job with nostalgia um in that it doesn't feel it didn't feel cheap to me it felt like this was something we were seeing for the first time um and it was like we hadn't had a live action transformers yep. um
1: and yeah, but you're right. I think it sort of sets something off there. Yeah. Um, Again, I think especially it being successful. I think had that yeah. had that movie bombed, I think we'd be we we wouldn't be having this conversation as much.
0: Yeah, and you know, so when I was doing some research for this, what I found interesting was uh, that nostalgia has been used in film for forever, and yeah, sure. and way more than I thought it was. Like I, you know, I think it is definitely increasing, and there has been far more recently. Um, but what I found interesting is, you know, even American Graffiti comes yeah. out in 1973. Um, it is nostalgic for the decade prior. Yeah. Um, so the tagline for that film is literally, where were you in the summer of 62? Yeah. Um, like, it's, it, like, even then, I'm like, well, yeah, they couldn't have nostalgia in the 70s. What happened? <laughs> like, you know, like, they're going to be nostalgic for the war?
1: Yeah. Like, well, Lucas is a really good example of only making things that are nostalgic to himself.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Sure. You know, if totally. you talk about American graffiti,
1: graf- American graffiti, and then all of the all the Star Wars were his imagination things, and Indiana Jones is his love of pulp adventures and all yeah. that stuff. So I like that's a guy who's completely fueled by his own nostalgia, and to to everyone's success. You know, first yeah. of all,
0: obviously the massive success
1: <laughs> of know, that is him. American Graffiti. Uh, no, correct. correct. <laughs>
0: George Lucas, famous American graffiti director. Um, uh yeah no so like obviously the financial success and the critical success of of star wars um uh but on top of that like we all benefited as as individuals you know star wars obviously massive impact on culture um uh but that's only we only get that because of george's nostalgia yeah you know um which i i think is is really interesting and it's again it, it shows that it's this isn't a new phenomenon. And even like, it's not even uh, exclusively about toys and stuff. Like look at even Martin Scorsese goes back to his Paul Newman's character in color of money. Yeah. Uh, from the gambler. What's the, the hustler? The hustler. Yeah. Man, I was so close. <laughs> yeah. So close. Oh. Um, but even he returns to a, to a classic character and there's nostalgia for that initial film there. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So someone that's truly like, you know, a little more hoity-toity potentially <laughs> or a little more, you know, uh, cinematic. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a true artist and even
1: he is like, this yeah. is an important tool. I mean, every director, I think if you're paying an homage to somebody, I think you're doing it out of nostalgia, right? Uh, sure. And at the end of the day, if you want to take a newer example, go back to Spielberg, and West Side Story. Yep. I mean, that's his favorite movie of all time. And like, I mean, I wouldn't ever, I think ever have the balls to be like I'm gonna go remake my favorite movie which happens to be one of the most beloved movies of all time yeah like that.
0: yeah <laughs> especially when you're not gonna do a great job of well,
1: it. well I don't know Well, that's a different conversation yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh yeah I mean that's that's nostalgia fueled a bit of nostalgia mixed with a little bit of ego maybe totally sure sure
0: yeah. and how can you not have an ego with the career that guy's had though like I don't blame him that's what I'm saying <laughs> um so how do you feel about the the recent um spat of and again this is a little bit of recency bias this is a little bit because we've just gone through a pandemic you know we're just starting to get movies that we should have had previously yeah but it does seem like there is a whole chunk of films that are relying exclusively on nostalgia in you know a short time here so my example's I've got prepared. which oh, there's probably course. many. <laughs> uh, but so, Spider-Man: No Way Home is a great example. Uh, sure, comes out December 2021. Uh, another in December 2021 is the Matrix Resurrections. Um, comes out 18 years after the end <laughs> of the original
1: trilogy. Um, yeah, you know, already laughing. <laughs> you're laughing.
0: Already laughing oh, with the Matrix yeah. stuff. Well, that's yeah. a, that's a
1: good conversation.
0: Um, uh, the interesting thing with the Matrix too is the story's wrapped up. Like. You know, the Spider-Man stuff, I'm like, yeah, I get it. First of all, because I'm always gonna make an exception for Spider-Man. <laughs> and then secondly, because I did feel like there was more to add there. Like I, I felt like it was yeah. something. Now, in fairness, I haven't seen the Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. But those stories were finished. Tied up with a boat. Yeah. You know, we were fine. Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, same same thing. We got this is happening 32 years after Ghostbusters 2 um five years after the all-female reboot yeah um they're not connected no but like it's you know i I feel like that's enough time however again disclaimer i haven't seen the new ghostbusters (laughs) film but i didn't hear we could talk about it a lot of good things about it or enough good things that it was like oh i absolutely need to rush out and see yeah you know um Top Gun Maverick coming out 2022. Oh, baby. Uh,
1: 36 years after the original. Your favorite. You can't wait.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Top Gun sucks, but, like, you know, Maverick's going to be dope. Um, Indiana Jones 5 comes out next year, theoretically. Um, they literally don't even have a name for it yet. No. So, you know, let's see if we'll see it next year. Um, 34 years after the original trilogy finishes. Yeah. Um, 15 years after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which oh, we generally 15 can 15 years. 15 years shocked me. Like, it seems Jeez. like it should have been way yeah, yeah, earlier yeah. than that. You know, yeah. Like, but it's, yeah. So, they decided to go back to that old well. <laughs> um, uh, and that was basically, A- anyway, we've gone, I've listed five things that are coming out, either already came out in the last three months. Uh, no, more than that. Anyway, um But, like, we've got five movies that are coming out within, like, a year or two years, let's call it, um, that are all entirely based on nostalgia.
1: Yeah. Uh, This is going to – maybe this is going to be a little bit rambly because I have a lot of thoughts. I think you did a really good job there of picking out a couple franchises that do it for a lot, like, that tickle a lot of different nostalgia things. Sure, totally. As opposed to just one thing. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, So, the Matrix stuff. Let's start with that because at the end of the day, I don't know who asked for it. Totally, yeah. Right? That's the thing. It's like, you're right. Those movies were concluded and two of the three movies aren't looked fondly upon.
0: Uh, correct. Right? Yeah, so, I, think, I think
1: Reloaded maybe people look at it and go,
0: oh, okay you know, Maybe. like it's like a mediocre thing. Sure. Well, I think very few people will will take The Matrix Revolutions <laughs> and uh and go. This
1: is a film worth <sighs> defending. Yeah. So so eighteen years after the fact, I don't know who that movie services. Is it? like yeah. It's not. It's not to get a, a, a new generation of Matrix fans. Maybe it is. You know, uh, I don't know. There's not enough Spencer's gifts out there to <laughs> sell me leather trench coats. <laughs> uh. Uh so that's a very, very strange one to me. Uh the Ghostbuster stuff. Uh and then and I'm gonna preface this. I love the Ghostbusters. Okay. I'm a big but I'm I'm a bigger fan of the animated series because that's what I grew up with. Okay. Uh but it 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 always catches me off guard. Uh that that is one of the more passionate fan bases out there when it's been two movies and people don't like the second movie. Yeah. Correct. So it's one movie. And people put up just the biggest stink about that franchise. Totally, right? like you know. Uh, so when you talk about the the all female reboot, which you know what, hell, I enjoyed it. Whatever, it's not a bad movie. I also enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it more than Ghostbusters too. Uh, that's tough, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that, uh, that, uh, that's rough. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> but uh, it, but again, the 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 amount of the amount of protesting that came out of that movie because people wanted something new, like, yeah. Is it nostalgia bait because it's using the name and you're giving something completely different? Sure. But we're, again, we're so far removed from the original two where one movie isn't well liked. So yep. basically it's the heart, like the strength of a franchise on one movie. That's, that's every movie guys like, but it, I don't know what you're asking for. I really don't. So afterlife comes out and it's like a it's it's the rise of Skywalker to the the last Jedi. We're just going to ignore mm-hmm. this last one and give you what we think you now you want, want because you've been so loud and obnoxious about it. Yeah, and and it's a fine movie. I didn't hate it. I think it's pretty good. I I do think I do think it's nostalgia baity in the wrong ways. Like they in, in the movie they use the the original score a lot. Oh okay, and it doesn't fit. Oh it's just in weird moments like it takes me right out of the movie because you're you're just shoehorning in a reminder every five minutes that this is the ghostbusters you love (laughs) (laughs) you know and and it would have been fine if you didn't because i I think the rest of the story is good enough to stand on its own and the characters are good enough to stand on its own you don't have to keep reminding me Mm. that you fucked it yeah yeah, totally (laughs) you know uh indiana jones i mean you're just gonna milk The cash cow until you milk the cash cow which is again a weird thing to say about a franchise that had four movies in the span of 30 something odd years Uh, almost 40 something years now right yeah uh but uh you know i think for better i i just wish i don't mind nostalgia in terms of studios putting stuff out i just wish they'd take their time and use it properly yeah and Snake Eyes is a really good example of bullshit. The GI Joe, the Joe origin film, yeah, the one that just came out. You right, know, they, uh, you know, they announced that they're doing a Snake Eyes movie. I'm like, well, that could be cool. You don't have to worry about all the other characters and introducing just a whack load of characters that people don't know. Yeah. You can just focus on the one dude that doesn't talk and is just ninja and fights. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. And then they announce Henry Golding. I'm like, oh, so they're just going to show his face. Okay. Which is the entire premise of Snake Eyes. Yeah. And then he shows the trailer where he talks and he does things. I'm like, that's... It's tough. I get it. It's an origin movie. Yeah. But it's not the origin I wanted. I died Or I needed it. Like, as a, as a G.I. Joe fan, I like was a big... I'm not a big Snake Eyes guy to begin with. Sure. But at the end of the day, if if you're going to use the name for nostalgia, then why don't you just make it what it's supposed to be?
0: It strikes me a little (laughs) bit like the uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine thing. Like where (laughs) really what I think what Fox realized is that Wolverine is the most popular character in those films and those stories really. Like I think he's probably still the most – recognizable x-men anyway um if not the most popular um and uh and they were like yeah let's just make a movie about him and you know it really strikes me as something like it's it's a money grab it it doesn't strike
1: me as something that needs to exist for any real reason and not just a money grab but like i don't i don't understand the train of thought to be like we're gonna take the most popular character of these movies give him his own movies and then we're gonna put a whole bunch of other characters in them just to try to make some more money for action figures or whatever it might be. Oh, sure. And uh, so let's take another really popular character, put him in this movie, and then take away the one thing he's known for—his <laughs> mouth. Oh, you mean Deadpool? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Let's yeah, just yeah. put him in the movie and take away his the the, and then let's also just hire a guy who's known for being really good looking and has a really witty mouth. Yeah, and absolutely. Scar him up and take away his mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't understand the train of thought, and I don't understand what what the the decision process is because it makes no sense to me. Well, in
0: in fairness to them, he is in that movie like Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson as Deadpool is in that movie for the first half, really. Yeah. Um, with norm like normal him. Yeah. You know, like it's handsome looking Ryan Reynolds, yeah, sure. and he's making jokes. And so, like, you do get a benefit of that actor um, and his talents, at least for the first half. The fact that they sabotaged that completely <laughs> is crazy to me, yeah. especially considering that we have the massive successes of Deadpool and Deadpool yeah. 2. That, you know, like, again, with the benefit of hindsight, it's like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Like, why
1: somebody, Why didn't somebody get fired for that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um. So, I I agree. Um, So, I I think it's very possible to do uh, uh, nostalgia wrong. Um, So, where do you have examples, instances where it's been done right? Um, Like, you mentioned George Lucas. And I think another one sort of in that same vein is... um, uh, quentin tarantino i feel like yeah all of his films are effectively love letters to other films he enjoyed yeah um there's a uh a bit now i'm just going to go off on a tangent a bit here so just <laughs> bear with me um there's a a portion in um in inglorious bastards where he um they do like an intro to one of the bastards um and uh, uh his name is hugo stiglitz um and they do like a super cut of him of his like greatest hits yeah, effectively yeah. of him hunting down nazis and uh and they like show a banner hugo stiglitz multiple times uh and it's like ah oh, this is strange like it's weird that they're doing this um the name hugo stiglitz is taken from a uh a actor who made a whole bunch of, I believe, Spanish zombie films in the '60s? I believe. Yeah. Um, and Tarantino loves them, so he was just like, "Yeah, we're just gonna crib that guy's name and just shove it into this." Yeah. And like, that's not a reference anyone gets. No. You know, like the only reason I found that out is because I looked around on the internet one time. You know. Um, like, so what I think is really interesting about Tarantino is. This is nostalgia for Tarantino's sake, for no one else. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's like, I want to make this because I want to make yeah. this. Uh,
1: well, I mean, we touched on it earlier, right? I feel like when nostalgia's done right, it's done for a reason, and guys like Tarantino, Lucas, Spielberg uh, are making films nostalgic for themselves, and they're not going out of their way to make a nostalgic for anybody else. So when you try to, when you try to appease an entire group, an entire audience, I think is where it starts to get really tricky. Oh, sure. You know, so, uh, you know, when you make, when you start pumping out Transformers movies, uh, because one was successful, then you start to lose track of what that idea actually is. And you have to do a reset. And, you know, when you ask me what's a really good one, it's Bumblebee. Yep. Bumblebee is a great reset. Like, I mean, whether you like that movie or not, Optimus looks like Optimus. He sounds like Optimus. Bumblebee is the is the VW Bug. Yeah. It's set in the '80s with a great soundtrack, so it's everything it should be, and it's, it's set in the right time, and and it feels right, and it feels right. And there's a, and then you can tell you can tell that it's a bit of a love letter from the director Travis Knight. Yeah. Right. But there's a there's a soullessness to nostalgia bait for the nostalgia bait's sake. So I'm I'm curious. In your opinion, is the
0: reason that the um, multiple Transformers films feel nostalgia baity and feel soulless? Is that because
1: they are nostalgia baity or like no? They're I think like, that's wrong. So, or is thing. that Michael Bay? Uh, okay, so there's what are there? I think there's six Transformers movies now. That is a great guess. I've here's watched. I've watched five of them, okay. and three of them are Bumblebee. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. uh-huh. So I haven't watched two through four, two, three, and four. Uh, okay, okay. I watched I watched last night out of like a cheap day that was just like out of curiosity, kind of a thing, uh, and I regret it. I absolutely regret it. And I, the first movie I watched and I enjoyed the first time, and I watched it pretty quickly after the second time, and I realized I don't know that it it was for me. Like it's, I think it's very much. A, a nod to what was before and to move things forward. But I, yep. I, there's definitely, and then so to talk about two, three and four is really tough. But on, when I'm watching five, the transformers are unrecognizable. There, there's no nostalgia bait there. The nostalgia bait is the name. Oh, okay. Right. There's no, there's nothing there to, to, to remind me that I used to love these robots that used to be cars. I'd like, right. To, there's nothing there. So I just think, you know, you, you found a formula or whatever it might've been that just, unrecognizable robots because they just look atrocious whatever that design is i hate Mm. Uh, and maybe that's the nostalgia this is where this is where nostalgia starts working against you actively because you're so far removed from what it was before that it that you're actively taking me right out of it right right out of it uh so i think the i think the problem with the transformers movies is i don't think they're close enough to the transformers okay so the the the, so this isn't even a
0: michael bay issue really like effectively it's that they are using nostalgia incorrectly like it's not it it's no longer being used to defuel the film it's just there as the bumper on the on the trailer yeah you know it's effectively the name yeah um that's really interesting uh and i think it's it it like you mentioned it really comes across as soulless when you get a movie like bumblebee that that Um, admires and respects those characters and treats them the way they're supposed to be treated. Now, granted, don't get me wrong, there's something soulless about Transformers as a thing.
1: You know, like, it's (laughs) a show that was made to sell toys. (laughs) You know, like... And the the thing is, we're talking like, you know, there's right and wrong here. And there isn't. It's a creative decision. Absolutely. If you want to take it a a new route, if you want to use that first movie, remind me that Optimus exists and Peter Collins great and all that stuff. And then take in a brand new direction, which we talked about earlier, which is what I wanted. It's just this time I didn't. You know, maybe it was too far one way or not close enough the other way. Whatever it is, it wasn't what I wanted. But that's not to say it's the the wrong move. It made a bazillion dollars as a franchise. That's the right move. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think part of the reason it feels
0: wrong and cheap is because of Michael Bay, like effectively, those movies become a Michael Bay film, not a. They're not Transformers films, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's kind of taken over as ownership.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and I believe
0: he is walking away from them. Is my understanding? Yeah, um, he's not
1: doing the new one. Oh, he's not. No, um, I, 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 he's probably got a producer credit. Pro- oh, probably, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, I'm excited for the new one. Um, good, good to hear. <laughs> um,
0: so, uh, we've we've kind of talked over this a little bit. Do you have? Um, uh, instances a particular creator that you think does nostalgia properly, or um, you know, again, we talked about Spielberg. Um, but is his stuff nostalgic, or are you nostalgic for his stuff?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, like Spielberg. Wise, I think, I think I'm nostalgic for his stuff. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I. I mean, his stuff is nostalgic to himself, but I. I. I cannot relate. I can't relate being like. Man, when I saw the original West Side Story in theaters for the first time, paying my fifteen cents <laughs> and my sodi pop, yeah, like, I, yeah, just, I, yeah. I just can't relate to what that would be like, right? So sure. I love the idea that he got to go and do it. But when I think of that stuff, yeah, it is—it's the Goonies, and it's—it's it's, you know, I know that's not like a Spielberg film, but it's a Spielberg production. Yeah, uh, but I, I, you know, secret code words and tree houses and, mm-hmm. and bikes and that stuff. Uh, so yeah, Spielberg is right there, but I, 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 and even that, that's such a small window when I think about it, right? Because he, he goes very quickly from like, E.T. to like, Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a different type of nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so And
0: like, Jurassic Park. like Yeah. I, right. I didn't think he was that old. You know, he's nostalgic <laughs> for a time when dinosaurs roamed. Yeah. Now. I mean, maybe he's saying something about his dad, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, speaking of Spielberg, though, I, I'm curious. Then, effectively, I think a lot of J.J. Abrams stuff is nostalgic sure. for Spielberg. I, How do you feel <laughs> about um, a film like Super Eight, or really anything that J.J. has done? That- I
1: I used to be a huge J.J. guy, just a massive J.J. guy. Like, I, like, and and you know, as, as we've gone on in time, and he's kind of shown he's a bit. Of, I don't want to to call him out as a one-trick pony. He's not. He's a smarter guy than that. But he he leans into a certain thing that he does. Whether he does it well or not, that is up for discussion. Sure. Right? He does. But but like... He does. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Super 8. But now, you know, and when I watch that movie, uh, it has so many things that I love. Yep. Right? So it has the thing that I'm nostalgic for, which is a a friend's group and and having fun in that sense. It has Cal Chandler, which I'm a really big fan of. Sure. Uh, so I almost have a hard time taking a step back and being like, "Is that movie actually pretty good?" Oh, it's great. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. I, like and I have, I think I have third act problems once the the alien gets revealed uh-huh. and their stuff. But I think the rest of that movie is phenomenal. You know, uh, so JJ is a really good one, but I don't know that he's been able to to keep that up. And I know like he kind of kind of put himself in a corner in terms of uh, reputation. For nostalgia, which, you know, sure. was he the perfect person to to pump out Force Awakens? Yeah, absolutely. Probably he was. Yeah. But was he the guy to do Rise? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. He probably shouldn't have finished that trilogy. No, I mean, and we probably would have a different discussion if he did the whole trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, if, if, he had to, if he had a proper plan to finish that out. But, uh, you know, uh, the mystery box thing is is, is is now overshadowed his ability to... to to curate nostalgia for me and and, yeah. and and put it in there,
0: yeah, that's tough. It, it is tough. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, he does things the way I want nostalgia. Um, you know, again, Force Awakens is a great example. Yeah. Um, ultimately, at the end of the, end of the day, um, if I know that I'm going to be watching a movie from for nostalgia purposes, I want JJ's treatment more than I want Ryan Johnson's treatment. You know, like yeah. I think. From the point of view of of advancing a story and advancing a universe, Ryan Johnson, again talking about the Star Wars sequels, um, does a far better job of that than JJ
1: does. We lost our last listener. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there it is. Um,
0: but but JJ knows how to scratch an itch. Not even Ryan an itch. Doesn't. Like
1: I, he's just so good at bottling up that feeling. Oh yeah. You know, that intangible thing that you can't describe and whatever, and you can put it on the screen and you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course, there it is. And like I'm just
0: tying a belt on my arm <laughs> and like hit getting a vein. Yeah. And I'm like just hit me up. Shoot me right up with it,
1: man. Uh and a guy and I think another guy that does a really good job and maybe not not uh when well, we we don't really think about a lot and I don't know how he hasn't come up yet, seven episodes in or whatever this is, is Del Toro. That guy makes his, that guy makes movies for himself oh yeah 100 uh and they just happen to be things that i really enjoy well it's because he's amazing yeah 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 so i i just think i just you know he he sticks with what he knows and what he what he likes and whether or not they are successful or not that's up for debate uh but he's good at what he does now, do you
0: notice nostalgia with him? Like, cause I don't really see it that way. He's I, he's absolutely my favorite. Like, if I had to pick a pick a person, he would be Del Toro for yeah. favorite director, favorite creator. Yeah. Um. But I don't see a lot of nostalgia in his uh, in his work.
1: Pacific Rim, that entire movie is a love letter to the things that he used to love, like and still does. Giant robots, kaiju monsters, sure, uh, anime. Yeah. You know, like, all of those influences are bleeding right through that movie, and that to me that's that's just a movie for 10 year old Guillermo. Yeah. Um,
0: I, but I guess my thing is I don't watch a Del Toro film and go, Oh, this makes me feel nostalgic. Yeah, that's you fair. Know? But
1: I, I mean, I, and I, maybe the difference is, I love those things like, Oh, a lo- sure. But, a a lot. <laughs> but even like, um, uh,
0: shape of water is, is his love letter to, um, uh, creature from the black lagoon. Yeah. Um, and, I don't watch that movie and go, oh, I should also watch Screech from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Like, it, but it feels but, like a Del Toro. But again,
1: film. maybe that's why maybe that's why it works is because he, he's not catering to you. Again, we talked about those guys making movies for themselves. Yeah. Right? And that's why they don't really care. Like, Tarantino is going to make Kill Bill in spite of everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Right? He made it very clear that he wasn't <laughs> interested in what anyone else had to say. And, you know, and uh, and everybody kind of ate it up. Yep. So I wonder if, it, if it's just, you know, when, when it comes from the right place, and from the right, uh, with the right frame of mind and the right person, it works regardless of whether or not you feel nostalgic for it or not. It's a good point,
0: um, and I, I think it's yeah, it's a really good point. Like I, I think it's amazing that um, Tarantino manages to make Pulp Fiction and casts himself in a role where he says the N word like twenty times <laughs> in two minutes, and then is still beloved. Yeah, you know, like very clearly, it was like. Oh, he just wants to be in this movie cuz he can say the N word a bunch of times. Okay, cool, man. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Tarantino. Not a fan of the feet, but like a fan of Tarantino. Um, and uh but like he has clearly made decisions that are self-serving. Absolutely. Um, in a way that doesn't exactly benefit the film either. You yeah. know, his uh scene in Pulp Fiction doesn't really help like yeah advances the story absolutely sure but there's no reason it needs to be him there's no reason <laughs> that he needs to say the n-word 30 times you know like um uh so uh, amazingly being self-serving yeah. in a way um being self-serving creatively has been effective for quite a lot of people sure. you know sure. um and i i think you're right that that the nostalgia is truly beneficial even if we're not feeling it like yeah. we
1: don't feel it yeah. Tarantino does and and I think a really another really really good example is Peter Jackson mm. right you can take a you can take a look at those two different tr- Lord of the Rings tr- those Tolkien trilogies sure uh, one where his heart was completely in it one where his heart was obviously not yeah and it shows yeah it absolutely, absolutely shows it so um yeah yeah i
0: think it comes down to passion and 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 the passion just isn't in those hobbit films uh not in the same way um and and truly no shade being thrown at peter jackson um that man caught lightning in a bottle with the um lord of the rings trilogy like it it frankly astounds me that we were able to get a trilogy that is that high quality yeah um
1: but then he becomes a little bit of a nostalgic chaser, hey? You know, like when you think about King Kong and the Tintin movies and sure. things of that nature. I'm like, oh, so he's still just trying to make movies for himself. Which is admirable. Yep. Right? I don't know. I, I don't remember liking my King Kong movie, quite very much. I
0: liked it. But, you know, <laughs> I think I was like 13 or something. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that was going to, you know, you're watching King Kong rip open dinosaurs jaws yeah oh yeah 13 year old (laughs) parker was stoked um yeah so i i I don't know i guess bottom line we're getting to here is the fact that it it seems like if nostalgia is being used for uh first of all for your either yourself like so in the case of tarantino or peter jackson or um uh we had another one and we had del toro we had
1: del toro sure jj yeah are we talking yeah, about yeah. all that stuff um uh it, but
0: so in the case of peter jackson it's he's using nostalgia for himself because of tarantino as well but we don't see that we don't feel that as a, no as we a, it, audience, it all comes off know. like
1: homages right Absolutely. And, and that's fine
0: and that's and so those typically turn out to be good films in a yeah. lot of cases you know i think that's a good use of nostalgia yeah. the other side of it is is that when someone is captures a feeling so jj is the great it is a great example for me um where he captures a feeling that makes the audience nostalgic so yeah. again super right is a really good example of um you know that movie makes me nostalgic for et yeah um and 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 wants me like it makes me want to it embrace that time and 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 uh be involved with these kids go on adventures yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that when we start getting into nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, like in ready player one, I start having problems, you know? Um, yeah. and, and it's in those cases where I wish creatives would just yeah back off almost, you know? Yeah.
1: And it's tough because again, I, I'm a guy that nostalgia is going to work on. Nostalgia is going to work on me. I'm going to, if you re-release a toy that looks exactly like what it did when it was released in 1988 with the same packaging, Uh-huh. I'm going to buy two of them oh boy i'm the guy like you, i'm your target audience you're part of the problem i am part of the problem oh, yeah. and i but I'm, i know that right so i understand sometimes i'm asking i'm I, I asking for too much i don't know that i'm asking for too much but I, I just i think it sucks when when it's very obvious what 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 works and what doesn't and yeah. you go out of your way to do the opposite
0: yeah yeah and i feel like that's uh, the, you know, in fairness, it's a little reductive. Uh, like it's a little easy for us to sit here and sure. say, you know, oh, but just do the thing that's good. Not the thing <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, I do think that there's hurdles that are fairly easy to avoid. Yeah. And I think what it comes down to is, is um, passion in the work and, and caring about yeah. the, the story and the characters. And, the, you know, again, you talk about Del Toro and, um, that guy very clearly loves everything he's made and he makes, you know, yeah. like, um, he's talked many, many times about having a box full of strips that have been rejected or unused by studios, uh, but ready to go. And it's, you know, he's poured his heart and soul into stuff. And yeah. it's, like you said, it's for him, it's yeah. not for anyone else. It's yeah. not, um, no one else's, um, uh, no one sits him down and goes, "Hey, Guillermo, you know what you should do? You should make a movie where where this lady fucks a fish monster." <laughs> um, and uh, and he's like, "Maybe that's a good idea." No, he's just like, "This is what I want to do." And he's like, "Got all the drawings and the anatomy figured out." And, you know, like, I, I I just mean very clearly, he's passionate about yeah, you know, filming a woman have sex with a fish monster and. <laughs> Uh, and for the benefit of <laughs> us, obviously, and it's, for him,
1: got an Academy Award, uh, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like it's clearly working. <laughs> yeah, and uh, man, I just wish it would. It, sometimes it doesn't translate to right. Like at the end of the day, it's, we as much as people ride over uh, Crystal Skull, like that's still a Spielberg movie too. Yeah, it's not like he's 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 not bulletproof. Oh, far from it. Right, and 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 maybe his heart wasn't in it, or maybe it was a lot of studio stuff, but even if you even if your heart was in the right place uh sometimes it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um I don't know if we can end on much uh, much better spot than that. Do you have anything else to add or
1: No. no I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was going to try to take another shot at snake eyes but I think I'm done.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, and that's fair. They, they the studio was also very clearly done. And you know, the stars of that film. Fuck. Um yeah, thanks so much for coming out. Let us know if we missed something for nostalgia or this uh, period of film or um types of films that you're nostalgic for uh, that we didn't discuss, or or tell us how wrong we are about Ryan Johnson. How wrong I am, because you know, Brendan was quite clear uh, <laughs> that he did not he didn't involve himself as much in those opinions.
1: No, that I here's what I'll around. say: Ryan Johnson is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Yeah, and The Last Jedi is easily the best movie of the sequel trilogy. And might be in my top three Star Wars movies. Oh boy. So if you wanna Hot if you big. wanna come at Parker, you can come hard at me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do it. Just at Brenda. Um, yeah.
0: And yeah, let us know in the comments below. Um and we'll catch you later in the week.